It's Thursday, January 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analyst Andy Cross and Ron Gross. Guys, a belated Happy New Year. How are we doing? And a very Thanks, happy, new to happy, you happy New Year to you, Happy New Year to you, All as well. Man. Thank you. Well, we're going to be talking a lot of retail earnings, some good and some Macy's. <laughs> and that's where we start. Shares of Macy's down around 18% at the time of our taping. Ron, weaker than expected holiday sales. You think? Macy's cutting its earnings outlook. Now, you are a former Macy's employee. We're going to get to that later in the show. A proud one, yes. We're going to get to that later in the show, but what about the earnings? You know, what to say? They're they're bad. They're actually not they're not 18% bad. <laughs> I, I kind of feel um, you have you have anemic same-store sales growth, less than 1%, but you have growth. You don't have okay. contraction. Um, but you know, I think I think Wall Street is focusing on all of the lowered guidance, and that's fair. Um, you see um, net sales guidance coming down. You, earnings forecasts are have been cut. Um, the company has um, alluded to needing to be promotional to, as they mm. say, ensure a clean inventory. That's an interesting comment to me because that actually has implications for the wider retail segment. Because if Macy's is going to be promotional, that sometimes then you know, it's a domino effect, and others then need to be promotional. People start cutting prices. That eats into margins. You have earnings um, impact as a result of that. So, not great. Um, but again, um, some areas of of, the, of positivity, double-digit growth in the digital business, um, certainly good to see there. And they did return to what they expected to see um, by the week of Christmas. So just some weakness right there in the middle of December, which is playing around with with results. So stocks getting slammed. Uh, you know, six and a half times earnings at this at this point um, for those value investors out there. Be careful though. Five percent yield at these levels as well. Uh, could be a value trap. Could be a, a, an amazing value investment. I'm I'm not going to opine as to which at this moment. <laughs> it's almost the cheapest value stock we may talk about today. Yeah. But I think Ron's point about the inventory and watching the pricing and how aggressive they have to be to um, drop prices and discount for a company that um, its profit margins um, a few years ago were in the in the mid teens and now down in the six percent range. I think so. I think investors looking at that headline. I agree, 18% seems pretty aggressive. However, just considering the retail environment that we are under, anytime companies are implying that they have to be aggressive on the pricing front, I think um, sends some shutters down investors' uh, spines. And we're clearly seeing that today with Macy's. And exacerbated by the fact that I think everyone thought this uh, holiday season was going to be really strong. I think that was kind of the scuttlebutt. Um, and it, even if it's a pocket of weakness or a week or two here of weakness, um, that 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 makes everyone change course and, and sell stocks. I mean, holiday comps at least were positive. Right. I yeah. mean, that, that's a good sign. Yeah, but if I hear anemic, ones, when I hear Ron say yeah, anemic, exactly. I mean, that's, that's a good investing word. Yeah, that's not a great term. So let's let's talk about the stock. When you look at the 52-week range, um, low of around 22, high of around 42 back in August. Today, shares on the earnings news trading in the mid 20s. So it's back to basically close to its 52-week low. What do we think about Macy's stock going forward? You know, you have a company that that, as Ron pointed out, from a from a metric perspective, not that not not expensive at all, really. Of course, the growth. 
prospects are, are, are muted. Uh, it generates hefty cash flows that, that it uses to um, continue to pay a dividend. So, and, and their capital expenditures um, are, are run in the $500, $600 million range. So, when I look at the stock, um, to me, I don't think it's the, it's the uh, attractive enough on the pricing front that I would go um, bottom dwelling here. Um, but I would certainly keep an eye on it. I mean, when anytime this kind of aggressive move happens, I, in my experiences, I kind of let the market just settle down a little bit to see where it settles, so the price settles, and then take a little bit more healthy look at, at what the um, company reports when it comes to the um, actual earnings and uh, expectations for the year. I may, may take the other side of that trade. I might nibble here. I would never have it be a big percentage of my portfolio I, I would never have retail probably <laughs> as a big percent under yeah. under most circumstances um, I don't have the numbers in front of me but I think they've they've shored up their balance sheet a bit over the over the last year or two um, I like to see that it is awfully cheap they are still making money um, I don't think things are bad as they seem now if we go into a recession and full price retailers you know, it ain't going to be pretty, but that's hard to predict. And Ron, as I mentioned earlier, I think your perspective is unique because you are, in fact, a former Macy's employee. We have talked we have. about your Macy's career, yes. but just for people who may have missed that conversation, how about a highlight and low light of your Macy's time? Well, it was one of my first jobs ever, and it was in high school, and it was it was very exciting to be hired by a big company like Macy's. It was actually Bambergers, the one I worked at at the time, owned by Macy's, and and that was really exciting. I remember in my interview when they asked me what book I had read recently, and I really, quite frankly, hadn't read a book recently, so I <laughs> I, I said uh, some like a Shakespeare book because we had recently read it in 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 high school, and they were like, "Who is this guy who's reading Shakespeare?" But they gave me the job, and then they placed me in the bath shop. Which was a big letdown because it was towels and bath rugs, and oh boy, it wasn't pretty. I don't have such experiences on the retail <laughs> front, but I really wish I was shopping back then around where Ron was working to see what he was like as a salesperson. I, I was on not the bath that. Floor. I love that. Well, we I talked before the show, and you confessed to to not really. Is it fair to say you didn't really want to deal with the customers? It was okay. So this is <laughs> you on commission. Date myself here. No, but there was no such thing as barcodes or the fancy yeah. registers. Yeah. Now you had to type I every little yeah. thing in manually. Yep. And God forbid someone had a return, my head would explode. <laughs> it was literally almost impossible. Everyone paying my so check. So I would kind of just hide in the corner and pretend to refold the little bath rugs oh, oh, over and over and you over again. You became professional at that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, I, we go into your closet today. It's all nice and neatly folded. <laughs> I can fold the shirt. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you yeah, bet yeah. I can. You can compete with the Gap right there. Well, let's stick with the retail theme. Bad news from Macy's not helping Target. Now, Target reporting a 5.7% increase in 2018 holiday same-store sales. Now, guys, that's pretty good when you compare it to last year's 3.4% number. And Target is maintaining its outlook, but shares of Target down around 3%. Andy, what gives here? Hey, I spent some money in Target over the holiday season, so I'm contributing this line. I, you know, this looked to be a fairly good news announcement from Target when they're looking at their their um, comp growth at 5.7 percent, up from last year's around three and a half percent. Interesting, their store pickup. Uh, which is you order online, you pick it up in the store, was up 60%, uh, and then now is driving about a quarter of the digital total digital sales are done with um, store pickups. So I think that's a nice um, innovation they've had to compete with the likes of Walmart and, and some of their pickup um, initiatives. They're making lots of an, an, uh, 
uh, investments into the store. Um, the stock's at $68 here now. You know, that's uh, going to earn $5.5 maybe. Um, that's a that's a earnings multiple a little bit higher than what we saw on Macy's, but I think it's a little bit of a better stock um, here and growing, I think, in the mid, you know, single digits line. Um, generates a lot of cash. So I think Target to me is a little bit more attractive uh, of an investment opportunity. It, I, that announcement was, was pretty good, and I think it's just getting hit by the Macy's news today. Agreed. On track to have its best full year of sales growth in 13 years. Um, not too shabby. Um, they did announce also the CFO was retiring. I don't know if, if investors are reacting to that. Maybe a bit. Not, not too troublesome, though. A handful of other management changes as well. Online sales uh, grew 29%, uh, as Andy said, driven by um, home delivery and the pickup uh, hubs that they now have. I like what I see. 4% yield for those uh, seeking a nice dividend um, continued to be quite profitable. As Andy said, only 12, 13 times earnings, yeah. um, not expensive, doubled the earnings multiple of Macy's, but appropriately, I think so. Um, I think they're doing fine. Okay, guys. Well, perhaps the most surprising news to me: Bed Bath and Beyond shares up twelve percent on earnings. Andy, I don't know if I was more surprised by the fact that the shares were up twelve percent, or the fact that Bed Bath and Beyond is apparently still around. <laughs> um, and, and I want to read you oh, um, just a little a little piece um, from the earnings announcement that Bed Bath and Beyond said it's ahead of schedule in terms of slowing down the declines in operating profit. It also said that it's Fiscal 2019 earnings per share will be about the same as 2018, and investors just went wild. Yeah, I mean, like if you're if you, the past few years the you've been just going down that hill. I mean, this is a business that had earnings per share in 2016 of around five dollars, um, and now they're down to the three dollar range. Operating margins have fallen from 12 percent down to about four and a half percent. The interest coverage on the debt, Ron, has gone from 16 times to seven. Times. Wow. So, like, you just think about the metrics of that business going down, down, down. That's worse than anemic. That's what's that's bad. <laughs> and so, when they come out and say Get comp, the, <laughs> the comp turns for uh, the quarter, uh, for the fourth quarter, the expected fourth quarter coming in at down about one percent, and the earnings per share for the year about flat for next year, as they will be for this year. Investors are saying, "Wow, at this price." This is a discount that I can't refuse to not be buying today off this low, and maybe they're trying to bottom tick the stock price, and clearly the stock's moving on that news. Yeah, I have a feeling this is just a trade for many people. This is not a long-term holding. Um, as we always say, it's all about expectations versus reality. Here, things are a bit better than expected. Stock ticks, ticks a pop. Um, some people will benefit from it, and, and then probably end up being short-term investors. Again, similar to Macy's, stocks is trading around six and a half, seven times. Um, but I think they're in a bit more trouble here. This is a company that I would be very, very wary of. They continue to buy back stock. Is that a good capital allocation decision? Well, not if not if they're going to continue to go steadily down. It's not. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper these days. <laughs> the stock down around eighty percent over the past five years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it sells at like seven tenths book value now. I mean, all the other retailers sell at you know, three, four times book value. Which is down from what they used to be, and then, as we mentioned, the earnings multiples have all just totally contracted. So I look at this now. The 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 risk here I see is that the same management team that's been in place running this for the last 
10 years or so. Um, and this is a team that bought back loads of stock when the stock was at the 40 and the 60 range, up to $3 billion worth across those two-year periods. So, I look at those investments and the other investments they've made as terrible uses of shareholder capital. So, to Ron's point, it's probably not one that I would be looking at over the next few years of holding on, because I just don't see the story long-term playing out, either in the business or in the management team. But I do love the low bar here. We were talking before the show, and I was thinking of an analogy. And for me, it's that I'm slightly ahead of schedule in terms of losing the weight I gained over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? That's it is true. Congratulations, true. Mac. Only slightly. Well, that's good, though. I, I, I'm, buying, I'm trading Mac today. I'm buying that Mac. Make me healthy. I'm selling you next week. Makes you healthier. Yes. I mean, yeah. And and so maybe like from from an investor perspective or trader perspective, Bed Bath and Beyond a little healthier today than they were yesterday. Okay. So we've talked a lot about bricks and mortar retailers, and over the years, we've talked a lot, especially in recent years, about which retailers are most Amazon proof. I don't want to ask you that question again because we 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 have talked about that a lot. But do we overstate Amazon and the threat that Amazon poses when we're talking about some of these more established retailers? I think overstate yes, um, but it is a true uh, problem for those brick and mortar retailers, and we see it unfold and it will continue to unfold. It's not going to destroy brick and mortar forever. It's not going to destroy all the malls. In fact, you see some online retailers actually moving towards the mall, whether it's a Warby Parker or an Untucket. So, people with online presence actually mm-hmm. want a brick and mortar presence, which is an interesting phenomenon. Um, so, the malls will be around. Perhaps we grew too fast. Perhaps there are too many. Not all the anchor stores, a la JCPenney, will survive. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's it's a natural consequence of the business cycle, um, when, especially when a company like Amazon comes in and disintermediates an industry. Or, um, and so, th- things are overblown, but still, you know, it, it you can't overlook. I think from the marginal sale of a of that from a buying perspective, I looked at Macy's um, beginning of the holiday period was was looking pretty good. But then it just fell off the cliff in mid-December, and that's where I think someone like Amazon and other exceptional online retailers have an advantage. Because rather than having now to go to a Macy's store, I can just sit on my couch and order from Amazon and have it delivered the next day or two. It's not just Amazon, though. I will say, like cosmetics was a challenge for Macy's. Um, Ulta is doing very well in cosmetics right now. um, Ulta salon. So. I think it's. I think it is certainly what Ron said. Amazon is playing a big part, but there are other factors going in, and just the buying habits of consumers are changing. A lot of those companies we mentioned are also pushing more of their online sales. It's just a higher hurdle when you're going against the likes of Amazon. And Dan Boyd, I want to bring you into this conversation as a representative of the millennial generation, as a, as a somewhat no, not somewhat, as a younger man <laughs> yes. than my esteemed colleagues here. <laughs> How about a bricks and mortar pick? If you're looking out over the next 10 years, we've talked about Target, we've talked about Macy's, we've talked about Bed Bath and Beyond. Do you have one bricks and mortar company that you think is most apt to succeed? You know, this conversation is very interesting to me uh, because out of the three stores that I enjoy actually enjoy going to, Macy's is the one that I kind of enjoy going to. Uh, but uh, I, it's clear that they're not, you know. Killing it as a business right now. Uh, I absolutely detest going to Target, but out of the really? three, hmm. I think that one is probably the healthiest business and will be around the longest. But I have a better answer. Okay, good. Oh, as far it. as brick and mortar stores go, I think that 
hardware and home improvement stuff is always going to be the kind of business that you go somewhere to get something. Yeah. So I think stores like Lowe's or Home Depot mm. are going to be your your most resilient brick and mortar. I like stores. that. Yeah. Yep. What about tra- and tractor supply, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not you're not buying like deer corn or a lot I'm, of that stuff. I, I'm not. <laughs> you know, Ma- Ma- Mastercard Dan's exceptionally smart, Dan, because Mastercard the spending pulse report from the holidays had home improvement sales up nine percent. So nice. um, home improvement doing quite well right now. And as and as we wrap up here, I want to hit the desert island question in a minute. But Ron, you mentioned malls earlier. Do you have a favorite mall store? A favorite mall store? Uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of Nordstrom's. Um, just for their customer service, which I actually think has gone down recently. So if you're listening, Nordstrom, get that get that set, get that right. Um, that's what differentiates them, I think. Uh, the merchandise as well, but the customer service you get at that um, large, big, bigger box mm-hmm. kind of department store is what differentiates them, and and that's where I like to go. Andy, I'm a new shopper at Nespresso. Which oh boy, is say that again. Nespresso. Oh, that's the dude. It's name. great. No, it, no it, so it's the Nestle um, espresso home making machine, and right? They just they just had to combine the terms. Their <laughs> online experience is fantastic, Mac. Through the app, ordering Nespresso. the selection is great. But they have these um, what they call boutiques, and they have one in Montgomery Mall, Ron. Oh, and nice. I, so I go over there if I'm not ordering online, and they serve you some coffee, and you can buy your little pods. Who are you? It's great. Who are you? I like I'm Wetzel's one, pretzels. Yeah, I, that's funny because you know what my favorite store <laughs> yes. is. I'm not even sure it's around anymore, but honestly, my favorite mall store, Orange, Orange Julius. Julius. I knew you were yes! going to say that, man. I love Orange I Julius. On it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's Jamie, my wife used and to good work. For you, I think. That was her first. She used to be like the <laughs> local manager of like an Orange Julius. Like, if did they have me? I don't know, but she I'm used not, to work at that Orange Julius. Orange Julius. Yeah, I'm not sure it's around anymore. I think it is. I think it's still around. I think someone bought them. Yeah, you know, Bed Bath and Beyond, probably. Exactly, that's the Beyond. Okay, so the Desert Island Pole. We've got Macy's, we've got Target, and we have Bed Bath and Beyond. If you're going to own one of these stocks for the next five years, and you're going to be on a desert island, and again, the caveat: don't invest invest this way. It's just a silly way to like end the show. But which stock are you going with? I'm going Target. I'd never go against my man Dan, so Target it is. Dan Boyd, it's Target, but I. You know, again, I'd rather go to Macy's than Target. And what are you buying at Macy's? I usually like a lot of times for my mom's birthday or for Christmas or something for her. I like to just go around and find stuff that she would like and pick it up for. What a good son! That's great. They sell Levi's at uh, Macy's too. That's usually where I go when I need a new pair of jeans. You know, you know where I went a few years ago for some five hundred ones, Sears, and it was great because I was the only one in the store. Yeah, it was great. It was nice. I liked it. A little peace and quiet. Okay, <laughs> we'll have to save Costco for another day, Mac. They had a good, oh, I know, good holiday period. I now. know. Well, you get favorite leave, Costco. Leave them wanting more. That's right. Yeah, save it for a different day. There you go. Andy, Dan, Ron, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mac. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email. If you want to share your favorite mall store, if you've got advice for the next Ron Gross who may or may not be working at Macy's. <laughs> In the what bed and bath shop? Bath shop, we called it. Yes, thank you. There you go. Questions, comments, marketfoolery at fool.com. As always, thanks for listening. People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.